back once again with the Renegade Master. Gang, come on. It's episode three now. This is starting to get uh, quite serious, isn't it? I'm starting to get a bit committed with this. I'm going to have to do more. I'm addicted. I'm a pod-addicted person. I was going to say podophile, but, you know, I'm no nonce. But here we are, episode three, as I say. I'm just saying, with me, Rob Saunders, and this one, I'm going to call this episode My Far East Adventures, and, okay, don't get excited, this isn't a lonely planet guide for the Far East, no, I ain't going to tell you the best dim sum restaurants to eat in in Simta Choi, or um, all about Mong Kok Market in Hong Kong, I, I ain't going to do that, I'm sorry, this is the wrong, wrong place, um, okay, turn off, thanks, but... What I will do is tell you about the Philippines and Malaysia. And the Philippines something a lot of people uh, um, probably never been. You probably don't know many people that have been. But I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to chat about that for the next hour of your life and just, just take that hour away and you'll never get it back. But I just wanted to do, I wanted a topic really that was just different from what I have been talking about. Um, and just sort of memory evoking really just remembering cool things and remembering how lucky I am really and hopefully anyone listening here is as lucky as I am and has managed to travel and see the world no matter where you went travel broadens the mind and I wanted it to be just just a reminder that there is a world out there it's a big old world we will be able to fly again soon. We will be able to go to these amazing places in the world and see these amazing things and sit there with a beer going, what the fuck was all that COVID about? It will happen. It might take a while, but we will get there. So hence, why well, I wanted to do something that was a bit uplifting, really, and something that reminded reminded me of cool times, like I said, and feel a bit warmer because I'm freezing. But um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening as always. Sit back and relax and enjoy. All the best. Welcome back gang. Here we go again. Episode 3. Wow. Episode 3 already. Am I going to be like Joe Rogan and have about a million or whatever he's got I certainly won't have a million pounds from every episode or whatever he makes that's for sure would be nice wouldn't it um I'm not that good so today on this episode I'm going to talk about the far east um which might seem like a strange topic but uh I'm talking this is my podcast right I'm going to talk about what I want to I'm just saying um plug Let's talk about the Far East, as I say, and it's and it's funny because it can divide and conquer people because people assume because you go to the Far East, you're not only catching gonorrhea, but you're also catching a wife or yeah, the ones that have got the same genitalia as men. And I'm I'm not going to be, you know. Anyway, moving on. So that's not what I went for. Um, I'll start start my first trip to the Far East. I went to the Philippines with my dad, who'd been out there quite a lot. Um, and he, yeah, okay, he had a girlfriend that was Filipino. Um, and it was always one of those, it, it sort of... I've always been places like America and Cyprus, all the standard sort of holiday places you would sort of expect to go, if that makes sense. And... I'd always sort of wanted to go somewhere different. Um, So I think I was about... How old was I? I think I was about 16, 15, 16. And I said to my dad, I said, Oh, can I go with you? I've always wanted to go somewhere different, whatever, and always see new things, you know, culture, and it broadens the mind. And I just wanted to feel miles away from home. And the opportunity came up, and it was during a school holiday I think it was and um, my dad was like look I'm going if you want to come with me you can come with me so um, off we trotted off we trotted to the Philippines um, so yeah at the time BA used to fly British Airways used to fly 
to Hong Kong and it used to stop for a little while and then it used to fly on to um, to Manila. Um, so it was like a transit flight. Um, so you, people used to get off at Hong Kong and, and more often than not the flight from Hong Kong to Manila was empty or there wasn't a lot of people on it which is probably the reason why um, British Airways stopped flying that sector. Um, I used to do the little shuttle runs between Manila and Hong Kong. Anyway, so that was my first sort of experience of ever going that part of the world. So we get off at Hong Kong because you could stay airside. You can go in like duty free shops and restaurants, whatever. They got there. You got about an hour and a half, two hours. And my dad smokes. It was like, look, I've, <laughs> I'm gasping. So we went to the probably the most fanciest smoking area that exists. It's like air conditions, the fans. It just it was noisy, but it was my first glimpse at Hong Kong. Not that I knew where I was looking, but you you sort of looking out the window and you're looking over the apron and because it, it's on an island, the airport, you can see right out over the bay. I was facing the wrong way. I didn't actually know that at the time. <laughs> Hong Kong was behind me. So I'm like staring basically at Macau and, and over that way. And, I, and I'm, I remember feeling miles away from home. And all the time I've been to America and LA was like quite far away. It's probably about the same distance as Hong Kong is from London. Um, I didn't really feel that far away because it was a Western country. You sort of, it's quite familiar, isn't it? You've got all the things and people look the same. Whereas I'm now in Hong Kong and people around me are, you know, Hong Kongers, Chinese, Japanese, you know, you name it. You're that part of the world. They look different. So I'm like, this is cool. I'm somewhere else. This is, uh, this is an experience and um, very exciting. Obviously, young lad and you know, new experiences broadening my mind, as I said. So yeah, so we get on. I'll never forget it because my dad said to me, as we're coming into landing, well, coming in, descending into Manila, he said, "Rob, this is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing like America or anything. You know that, right?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> oh no." So. We get to Manila and uh, it is a bit of a baptism of fire because it is it is very, very poor. But it was so, it was like an absolute feast for the mind. I, I could not, everywhere I looked there was just stuff to look at. It was just brand new stuff I'd never seen before. And and my dad said when we got in the like minibus to take us to the, the hotel in Manila, he said, look, I don't like to stop in Manila because it's quite congested, it's quite busy. Um, but this is nuts. You wait. The um, traffic is something that you've never seen before and the driving is just unbelievable. So, um, yes, we. <laughs> he was right. I've never seen anything like it. They, The Filipinos use their horn as a way of... I don't know, there's like some language that they use. It's like... Bah, bah, they like all these different little beeps mean something and everyone just gets sort of on with it and gets out of the way there's no road rage it don't look like anyone gets any road rage when if it happened here i'll be like mate what the fuck are you doing do you know what i mean it's like jesus but yeah so my introduction to the philippines was just complete and utter chaos of the overpopulated metropolis that is uh, Manila so um, there we are, young lad and I'm in in this uh, new place learning new things and I was just fascinated, I remember that I had something to eat and uh, I didn't actually realise how long this journey was going to be the next day, let alone to get to Manila and my dad said look we've, we're going to jump on a bus or a coach um, it's going to take us up the north of the island um, to a place called Bawang um, of course sounded fancy to me I was like oh, it's cool sounds it's fun to say so um, I then said to my dad how long is it going to take he went uh, about 7 hours 8 hours what? 7 8 hours I can get to get you to Dubai from London do you know what I mean that's, that's mental so um, we jump on this uh coach and I remember saying to my dad after about an hour and a half as oh we're a fair way and he went we ain't even got out of Manila yet I just thought shit this this is are we gonna be eight and a half hours now nine hours but 
yeah, what what an experience that was! Like as soon as you got out of Manila, it was it was amazing. It was so green because it's a tropical place, isn't it? It's um, like rainforests and and all that, and they have an awful lot of rain and typhoons, and it's yeah, it's just completely like green there's so much greenery and it's uh yeah very fertile soil no doubt from the volcanoes and stuff around there bit of geography gcse coming out but yeah so we've we've um we're moseying on up um Lutzon island as it's called in the philippines on we go and uh yeah our first stop and suddenly i'm not sat on my own anymore and i've got a filipino bloke sat next to me and I shit you not, on, on his lap he's got one of those cat carriers and in there he's got two chickens. And I'm I'm looking and I'm like, I don't want to be rude. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, um, okay. So this is now entering into the new world where that shit is real and that shit is normal. And... <laughs> And I'm like, this is nuts, you know, like, this is, this is crazy. And uh, you, you just get people get on and trying to sell you stuff, trying to sell you food and drink and and all that and stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole, do you know what I mean? I don't really fancy getting, uh, yeah, getting ill off that. So the f- there's, like, little volcanoes and stuff dotted around the island and that was probably that is the first time i've seen a volcano as it were and i'm like that's amazing like to see it you you learn about volcanoes at school and stuff like that and then to actually see it with your own eyes is like whoa that's cool um yeah so i remember lots of bits of that journey uh probably more of a nightmare than anything but i it, obviously it was just long long ass constant just people on and off very very much like like a train going to wales or something there's so many stops on the way and they just kept stopping for ages and i remember thinking shit let's just go um yeah it just seemed like it stopped where and when it wanted um and that's the first time that i'd had street food and we stopped in this place called tarlac um and i can't I can't for the life of me remember. I'm just looking at my phone now how far out of Manila that was. Um, so, yeah, so we stopped there and um, we 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 walked up. My dad said, oh, are you hungry? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm starving. Like, I'm, can, you know, what's around? There's me, typical Western boy, looking for a McDonald's or a KFC or a... You know, something that resembles a fast food western type job. Um, nope, just some fella standing there with a beat up barbecue and a bit of cardboard. And he's waving it over this meat and over the uh, coals to, to to like, you know, get, get his money's worth out of these coals. Um, and it looked like Savloy's. Um... And I said to my dad, are you sure? He was like, well, I'm watching that guy and he's, that's blazing hot. So if there is anything on it and you get it, you're pretty unlucky. But we need to eat. So so there you go. And my dad said, yeah, sort it out. So there we go. Get some munch. And this, I oh, shit you not, this geezer just produces two bottles of Coke from this ice chest. And it's like it's just come out of a fridge. And I said to him, how long have you had that in there? He said, oh, about, about two hours. And uh, it was nuts. It was like freezing cold. So I've munched that down, and actually, it was it was fucking delicious. And I'm just like, Dad, I wanted another one of them. So there I am. I'm having another one, getting on the bus. But um, I'm just looking here. How far? Um, it's a long. It's it's a long way. It's like from here to Birmingham, uh, from London to Birmingham or something. Um, so anyway. So, off off we pop, and we carry on, and we stop a few times, and and it starts getting a bit more rural, so you're sort of going through paddy fields, and literally what you can imagine, it looked like, like when you see films of Vietnam and things like that, you know, Apocalypse Now, it looked like that, in fact, because a lot of it was filmed there. But it was just, its I've never seen green like it. And even when you take pictures or you look at pictures on the internet, you can't, you can't actually, uh, 
get that close to that green. So anyway, so as time goes on, eventually we get we get to Boang. And my dad, um, he actually had a place up there. He rented a, an apartment. So so we've we've got off, and it's the most sketchiest thing ever because you sort of have to shout down the bus. And my dad's girlfriend at the time was there she she was with us so she's obviously spoke a bit in tagalog which is the the language that they speak on lutes on island um philippines is loads of different islands by the way there's like four five thousand of them but the main big island lutes on is um that's their dialect if you will like a bit like mank scouse whatever so um yeah so she shouted down the bus which i later learned what it means bara which means stop and then this, the bloke just puts anchors on. So yeah, you're like just plummeting towards the front of the coach when you've stood up to get off. So, um, yeah, and there was a bit of from the chaos comes the quiet. And my dad was like, oh, you know, like, we'll just chill out for, for the rest of today. I was like, yeah, I should hope so and all. Just travelled all this way. And I didn't, like, like I say, I didn't realise just how far this place is. I did, it didn't look far on a map, but it's it's a long long way um yeah so you know we did loads of different things there it was um he had loads of well he's still got loads of Aussie mates and stuff like that all a lot older mates you can imagine there is that aspect to it the seedy side and um things like that but it's nah my, my dad weren't gonna you know subject me to that but these are Aussie guys and there was a few older English guys and that it's just good fun it's a good laugh I played bowls like an old bastard but then I was with old bastards when I um, did that played pool loads drank probably my body weight in coke um, which was great and the food was unbelievable such amazing obviously dominated by rice and you know that's the stereotypical thing but um Oh, it's just great food. Just trying all these new foods and mainly chicken. And the Filipino diet's not like Thai or Chinese or things like that in the sense of with spice. Like Szechuan stuff is quite quite uh, spicy, isn't it? But it, it's some of it looks quite bland. And you look at it, you think that ain't gonna taste. That ain't gonna taste of anything. That's gonna taste like shit. But don't it? It tastes amazing. There's loads of flavors in it. Um, so that was cool. Um, we went to the market this one day and it's like something out of a film it, it looks like a nightmare because you're 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 with the locals this is not a touristy place so you're with the locals and they obviously clock you and they're like the fuck are you doing here and because i later became uh aware of the fact that not many 15, 16, 17 year olds go to the Philippines. So I sort of stood out a little bit. Um, fine, fair enough, whatever. So we're in this market and it is literally wall to wall everything you need like meat, vegetables, tellies, you name it. It's all under this one massive roof and it is like those wet markets in Wuhan you see, you know, there's some very uh, suspect things on sale um yeah so fresh as you like though fresh food fresh veg fresh fruit mangoes like you wouldn't believe some interesting looking fruit that's got that looks like it's meant to hurt you because it's spiky and all this shit so that was one hell of a wake-up call and i also got introduced to filipino bartering which is is it sounds like they're having an argument when you don't understand them but as i learned to garlog I'm not fluent, but when I learn what they're saying, I could understand it more. And it does to the outside world. It sounds like they're having an argument. It sounds like they're 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 arguing over the price. Well, they kind of are in a way, but yeah, I just my dad's girlfriend at the time just dealt with all of that stuff. She's just said, "Tell me what you want, and I'll go back and get it." Because if they see me standing there with you, they're going to charge me more. The old tourist rates come on the tourist tax. So um, anyway. So we did did those sorts of things. It was quite quite a laid back place. It were you know it was quite quiet. It was on the coast and there wasn't a massive amount to do in the day. But that that was perfect for me because you know I was quite happy just spending time with my dad and 
Um, I hadn't spent a massive amount of time with him. Um, cover that in another podcast. But um, my dad was part of this group of guys that used to do these jungle treks. And these jungle treks could last days, like a couple of days. Um, and they're called Hash House Harriers. And it is to do with um, the drug. It is to do with hash. Um, or it's, But it's not like... That's not what we were doing. But the name came from the the theory that people used to use to run that stuff around in Vietnam. Also, I can't remember. I can't, do you know what? I should probably know this before I say it. But there was no hash consumed or even anywhere near me. Or it wasn't even a... Um, that wasn't what it was, if that makes sense. It was just a name that was given to it years and years and years ago, and it stuck down the line. It's just a group of guys just trekking through the, the jungle, really. So anyway, so that was my disclaimer. I don't want those rosas knocking at my door. So um, these, these, I, my dad didn't think I'd enjoy these, but it was the best fucking thing ever. But it was, it was mental. I'm thinking these are old dudes, and they're like fucked. They're, they're, they're like old codgers and they're trekking miles I mean I think one of them we done was about 15 miles in the blazing hot sun of the Philippines it's like 33 degrees so it's like 80 degrees Fahrenheit humidity's through the roof it, it's like it, you piss wet through the moment you step out it's it's close you, it's just like it's like being in a hot shower the whole time you're there. Anyway, done some great things with those though. Saw some amazing things. Had to bribe a farmer to walk across his field. That was hilarious because the guy was just on the make. He was just wanting the money. Do you know what I mean? Um, so um, uh, one farmer wanted me to marry his daughter. Man, didn't it? He, he, he guessed me. Uh, he sussed me out just walking across his field. He thought, yeah, yeah. I like the way that geezer walks. Um, I think he needs to shack up with my daughter. But um, I declined his offer. Um, yeah. I think I was shitting myself if I was honest. I was like, oh no. But anyway. Yeah, and the, the jungle is what exactly it seems like. A jungle. There's uh, stuff in there you, that could kill you. <laughs> uh, some... <laughs> Weird insects and snakes and stuff like that. Yeah, they left us alone. Crossing rivers. That was unbelievable. Cross. I had leeches on me. Nice. Um, some of these guys were ex-special forces and stuff, so it was pretty cool because they knew everything that we needed to know. I got um, sunstroke one day. What I think was sunstroke, I just felt like utter shit. Um, but it was just nice to be doing something new like I said at the start of all this um so that was my introduction really as a, at a young age of the far east it, okay weren't anything exciting but I, I remember sitting on top of this massive hill and it was really high looking out over the town below and like you couldn't make out cars or anything it was so so high up you could see the coast and you can just see it stretched out in front of you and keep going across that sea and you're in Hong Kong I just remember thinking this is cool I'm miles away from home and that was when I I was like yeah I need to see more of this side of the world whatever happens I need to see this this side of the world um so all in all I can't remember I think I'd been to the Philippines probably at least over 20 times maybe 30 um varying places um yeah i flew out on my own to meet my dad once um my dad got married out there my dad's had um uh two kids um they're half filipino and um yeah seen seen a lot of stuff and done some cool stuff met some really cool people um yeah, sat on a floating bar in the middle of uh, Subic Bay with uh, loads of Germans having a right old laugh, having a piss up. Just it's just nuts watching the sunset over the South China Sea, drinking beer on the fucking 
floating bar that wouldn't pass any health and safety tests here, but I didn't give a shit. Um, rented a jet... <laughs> I used to rent jet skis there, thinking I was cool, didn't I? Got this jet ski, hammering around Subic Bay. Um, I don't know if anyone... If, if you're listening, if you've been um, been on the old jet skis, you'll know that it looks glamorous, but it's not. You're getting pelted with water, and it's like pins in your face. Um, and I didn't have sunglasses the first time I did it as well, so I learnt my lesson there, so I wore sunglasses after that. Not that it made much difference, because I couldn't see. Um, and I'm going along, uh, and I can see something in front of me, so I thought, I'm going to try and steer away from it, but it was too late, and I've run it over, and... It looked like a plastic bag or something big, like oil slick or something. It looked, um, I don't know, a split second. And next thing I know, jet skis just having enough of it. It sucked it up into the uh, into the jet. And I was like, oh, shit, what do I do? I ain't got no like engineering knowledge at this point. I hadn't learnt. Just I knew that how a jet ski worked, thankfully. So I'm I'm now stationary. I've turned it off, and I'm looking down. And this it, this Subic Bay is known for how deep it is, and that's it was used in the Vietnam War as a a base for the U.S. Um, aircraft carriers and ships and warships and things like that. So they used it because it was that deep and it was perfect. And I'm looking down, and it is pitch black down there and the sun is beating down so you can sort of see the level if that makes sense you can see where it just drops off there's no coral reef there and i thought what's looking at me i'm looking down is anything looking up at me and i'm I'm quite a confident swimmer i'm not one to worry about you know that sort of stuff and i thought i am in the middle of this bay it's a shipping lane there's massive oil tankers and you know big shipping container boats and all that they're they're there so i'm like oh shit like something out of captain phillips um so um i've had to dive off and i thought if i just hold on to the jet ski and i've just i'm now like underneath this jet ski holding my breath and i'm pulling this bag out and it was just going and going and going and going and i nearly ran out of air and I just pulled the last bit and I thought, great, held on to it. I thought, I'm not going to suck that back up. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Take it out. Then I turn around and back up again and have to do it all again. Anyway, I managed to limp home. I think, I don't know if it, it was fucked or what, but the jet ski was in a limp home mode. And luckily, I managed to get back in time um, before I ran, I ran out and had to pay the guy even more money. Um, I didn't tell him. But um, yeah, fuck it. I was young. That was cool. Subic was cool. Um, yeah, so many varying places. But I I just... I'd always planned on doing more of the Far East, but my dad just liked going there um, in the end. And But he'd done an awful lot of travelling as well. Um, and I thought, well, it's familiar to me now. I speak the lingo. I can get around. So fast forward a little bit. Um, I'm now working um, for the airline, and I've got... Uh, the old perks that you get and the girl that I'm seeing at the time she's like yeah I'm up for it let's go let's go to the Philippines so we go over to um, we book a hotel on this island and when I say an island well it's it's a place called Puerto Galera and it's the hotel you can only get to it by boat and this hotel's off an island off of it so this is all cool this is like something out of beach the beach with leonardo dicaprio or whatever um beautiful and it's protected around there the 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 coral reefs are protected um because for some reason filipino fishermen like to use explosive and or chemicals to kill the fish (laughs) yeah i know or they would excuse me they would use um they would use nets that would and just destroy the reef and it yeah it I've seen a destroyed coral reef when I was snorkeling in San Fernando, which is near Boang, and it, it is—it's just a sad sight. It just—it's white and ashy looking, but you can make out what the coral—the coral—you can actually make it out, and it's quite sad because that's just dead. It's all dead, and it's like a—it's just like a desert of just dead coral. So, yeah, so we get out there. Some trouble getting out because I didn't have much service. So I had to sit on a jump seat 
which is the bit that's like the cabin crew sit on, um, all the way to Hong Kong, fell asleep on the um, the next sector because it was empty. Um, and yeah, we stay in Manila, go down to a place called Batangas, jump on the ferry, and I'm already savvy with the way that the Filipinos work. I love Filipinos, they're such lovely people, but they think that because you're white or you're a tourist or you stand out, that you're stupid and are going to fall for the tricks and end up paying money. So this this ferry, getting on at Batangas, brilliant. Get to Puerto Galera, I'm not even joking, it is like a stepladder with a with the centre bit, the rungs are just like bits of board that have been tied to it and you've got about 7 foot 8 foot between the boat and the land so you've got to walk along this thing and the guy's gone, don't forget to take your suitcases so I've got to hold my suitcase above my head and almost tightrope walk across I've put my suitcase down fella's gone you want taxi? And he started walking off with my case. I'm like, whoa, 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 where are you going? You're not taking me anywhere because the hotel has its own boat, you see. It's all sat there waiting. It knows you're coming. He's like, yeah, yeah, you take taxi. It's quicker. I said, you don't know where I'm going. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. So I then, he's talking about money. And I said, which means I have no money. No money, no money, no money. And he's, I'm repeating it. And he's like, okay. And he just puts it down, walks away. And then someone's going, oh, you've got to pay him 100 pesos. He carried your case off. I was like, the fuck he didn't. I ain't taking, I ain't giving him no money. He didn't take my fucking case. Managed to get all the stuff, get to the island. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Get to the island. It's all good. Check into the room. And this place is quite, it's, it's like quite a natural resort. It's all built into the landscape. So you're kind of in the jungle so here we are again back in the jungle with things that want to eat me anyway um so we're here all going good i think i was there for about two and a half weeks i think i can't remember now i no, i think it was three weeks uh first week great i've done so much scuba diving you wouldn't believe like i say it was um protected reef i've done a fair bit of scuba diving before that anyway but this was amazing and it was like all the tropical fish that you could think of were there the uh, clownfish or as people like to call them neo nemo fish i can't even say it that's bollocks they're clownfish um blue starfish grouper fish trigger fish um sharks that was fucking scary that's the first time i've been swimming and a shark's been there but they're not interested <laughs> they're not interested um yeah, loads and loads of scuba diving. Got to know the guy that was running the scuba diving place. He was, a, I think he was Swedish or he was Scandinavian, let's just say that. Um, and he was just like, look, I just want to go diving. Just give me like a third of the money it would cost. Just pay for your air and we'll go. So that was cool because we did loads of dives and he quite liked me because he could see that I was confident. So if he had a group of people, we used to just say, come diving because there's a group of them, there's about six or seven like Koreans or something, and he doesn't want ever, any of them sort of, he, he can't watch all of them sort of thing, so that would be what I'd do, I'd sort of be at the back of the group and he'd be at the front of the group leading it, so that was quite cool, I was like, I'd only known him a week. Um, week two comes around and drastically changes things. Um, I get ill, I get quite ill, rapidly, Um I've got a temperature, soaring temperature. Um, this is before COVID, by the way. I've got soaring temperature, um, and we're talking over a hundred. I've got the sorest throat you've ever you could ever think of. I'm hot, but I'm cold. I feel cold, and bearing in mind it's ninety odd degrees out there, and I'm feeling cold. I think it was nearly a hundred that day. I'm sweating profusely. And the bit when I knew I was really seriously in trouble was I was hallucinating, um, which wasn't nice at all because I, I was so disorientated I didn't know where I was. Um, I don't remember a massive amount about it because it just seemed like I was hallucinating and sleeping. And um, 
the girl that I was with, she she was worried, very worried. I had doctors checking on me. Don't remember that. I don't remember a doctor coming and checking my vitals or whatever they do. I don't know. Um, so I think it was about four days in. Um, I could sort of walk, and I remember waking up, and the girl, that girl, said to me, um, "You've you've been asleep for two days." And I was like, "Yeah, all right, bollocks." She was like, "You've been, you've legit actually slept through one day, through the next day, and you've just woke up in the middle of the day, so you've like slept thirty six hours." Uh, I had the doctor come in and he was saying, oh, you're sat up, this is good, this is good. And I'm like, I, I, I don't feel right. And he's like, no. Um, and I'd lost so much weight even in those two days because I hadn't eaten, um, I haven't had any fluids. Um, so I was dangerous now. So they was they'd got Gatorade and water. I was ju- ju- They were just plying me full of food and... I didn't feel hungry, I didn't feel thirsty, I didn't feel anything. I just remember feeling like utter shit. I was aching, my body hurt. Um, and I remember, and I'm trying to look at it now, I'm trying to think of the town. Um, I, can't, I can't remember for the life of me. Um, I remember feeling really sick as well. And this was before it. And I had a rash on my chest and on my back. And they were like, yeah, this this is this is scary. And I remember I couldn't, I, I couldn't, like, see. And when it looked like it was red. Um, but, yeah, it, just banging headache, rash. Um, and, yeah, just feeling like I've been hit by a bus. Like, it felt like the flu. Um, so, anyway, so the doctor's like, look, I've... I've got to do blood tests and things like that on you, and they're going to take a while to get back because I have to send them to the nearest nearest place, which is Patangas, Um and then we'll, we'll let you know, but that could take a day or two days. Um, my suggestion is that you just hydrate, um, you just do what you can do and <laughs> stay alive, basically. And this was the first day in a long time that I'd actually been able to stand up, um, and I thought, right, I'm going to go out and just sit by the pool and try and give um, Vicky, her name was, try and give Vicky a bit of holiday because I, f- I was feeling really guilty at this point when she said you'd been asleep for two days. I was like, well, this isn't good for her and I just remember feeling like, quite guilty and things like that. Um, but she was petrified um, and, must, and rightfully so because she just said my breathing was erratic and things like that. Anyway, the doctors thought, or the doctor thought, I had malaria. He was like, you've got the hallmarks of malaria, the onset of malaria. Um, the good news for you is you are recovering. Um, and I I went and sat by the pool, like I say, and I just slept like all day. Um, and I felt like shit again that night and felt really, really bad and started to deteriorate again. Um the next morning, I managed to actually get some breakfast down me, which was nice, eggs and bacon and things like that. And the doctor managed to come and see me and he said, um, oh, you've got a slight issue here because we don't know whether this is malaria or dengue fever. He said, either way, I think it's best that you get on a drip and we need to do that pretty soon. So they didn't want to take me on the boat with all the other like tourists and things. So the only way they were going to do it is either a boat to take me directly to Manila, which is mental. If you go on Google Maps and you look at Porto Galera and then you look at Manila and how far away it is, it's that's just it's just not even fucking viable. It's not even going to happen. And the other one was the Filipino Army taking me in a helicopter. Fuck that. So um, I sort of said, is there no way that we can get the drip here so that I don't have to do that? Um, and he said... I will be keeping an eye on you, and if you... I had to do piss samples and shit like this. He said, if it comes back and... If you keep hydrating, we won't need to do it. Um, I force-fed myself water, and I had a little tip from one of the the guys that used to do those jungle treks, um, special forces guys, Dyrolite. So if you ever go to a hot country, take Dyrolite. Even if you ain't got the shits, this Dyrolite is like better than Barocca. It's like pimped-up Barocca. 
and I'm not even joking, I'm pretty adamant that kept me alive because it's got all the salts and all the minerals, vitamins, whatever it is, I don't know what's in there, but it's got all the shit that you need that you would have lost through severe diarrhoea. And I'm thinking, well, it's the same same principles, isn't it? You've lost you've lost body water or whatever, you've you've sweat the shit out of it, you've you've not you're dehydrated to fuck. I was beyond that. So I managed to pull clear of that enough to then um get back home so we we made the decision that yeah fuck this we've got to go um got back to manila and i felt off it was it was such an arduous thing because i didn't feel right um and we i i made sure we we stayed in a really sort of nice room at this hotel that we stayed at so that i didn't feel so bad for vicky um and I remember just getting on the plane home and just crashing out and waking up, coming into land, into London, being told to put my seat up because I was, we were coming into land. So I don't remember an awful lot about that either. Um, when I got home, I got diagnosed as having dengue fever. And I've had it, or I can't remember the, the exact semantics of it, but I'd actually got dengue fever out in the Philippines. And I think it's it's pretty similar sort of, way of contracting it as um mos- uh, like mosquitoes and things like that. same as uh, malaria so it could have it's waterborne something like that. I, I can't remember the exact semantics of it now but it is like i've been bitten or something like that so i had a narrow escape there because that could well have been lights out for rob saunders but luckily um that's that weren't the case obviously but Fucking scary, fucking scary. Dengue fever. Uh, don't recommend. I put that on the TripAdvisor. Um, yeah. So some funny things about the Philippines, though, and then I'll move on to another country to bore the hell out of you. Um, it's very much. How can I say this friendly? There's a bit of a bribe culture there, which is really funny. Um. When you go through Manila, I don't know now because I haven't been for about over a decade. When you go out of Manila, you have to pay the departure tax in cash, which I don't think you do now. But it was 550 pesos. It was about a fiver, let's say, rounded up, rounded down. Um, I had a 500 peso note and a 100 peso note. And you pay it to this woman at this kiosk thing just as you walk through before you go to security and immigration. And she'll give you a little stub um, and stamp the stub saying that you've paid effectively. It's like a little ticket. Geezer in front of me that I was chatting to, German guy. He um, he had five hundred fifty pesos exactly. So I've walked up. She's he's given his. He's walked off. Um, I've given mine. She went. Sorry, no change. Now I know that guy gave my fifty. <laughs> I just couldn't be fucking bothered. I just wanted to go home. But it's stuff like that. It's genius. Um, There was a time we were standing outside a a bank up in Bawang in San Fernando. There's a... um, His girlfriend at the time, she was getting some money out and doing some... paying some bills and stuff like that. Um, We just stood out the front because it was just... It was quite busy in there. And and this, this geezer's walking up the road. He's on his own. He's walking up the road... And he's, uh, it's hard to do over here because you can't see, but he sort of like stretched his arm out in front like as a begging thing, like like you would like the palm out, you know, sort of money, give me money type thing. And he's he's walking towards me and my dad. And I said to my daddy, I'll let, and, and my dad's like, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. And this geezer's like doing all this eye rolling shit. And, um, you know, I gave the guy some benefit of the doubt here but I could see something weren't quite right there was probably about 20, 30 Filipinos around us so this blind guy's doing really well and he finding me and my dad in that crowd and he's come up to my dad and he's going, he's tapping him going money, money I mean that's a fucking miracle he didn't say pera, he's saying money, so fuck me we must smell or something. We must fee-fi-fo-fum-I smell the blood of an Englishman. I don't know. So my, da- and my dad's going to say something. I said, shh, like, don't say anything. And I went, walang pera. He went, oh. And then 
and then he I'm I'm sh- oh, shit you not looks both ways to cross the road crosses the road like an absolute gangster he just literally it's like it's like <laughs> the fucking cheek of it and the other one and this this was just absolutely fucking unbelievable we're coming back to Manila to fly home I was with my dad and his now wife and son uh, my stepbrother uh, my stepbrother was probably about God, he was only a baby, he was probably about one. And we're coming into Manila, and my dad sat in the front with this... We used to rent a van, and the driver come with it, which is really cool, because you just don't have to get on those fucking buses. And uh, Sonny, his name was, he was decent. He's in the front with my dad, obviously, because he's driving. And um, this this um, traffic warden's pulled us over. And my dad's going, why are you stopping? He said, oh, because he's pulled me over. And my dad went, but he's a traffic warden. He's not a policeman. He's a top. He's and this guy's now stood in front of the fucking van in the middle of fucking Manila. And my dad's going, "Go. We have places to go." And he's going, "No, I'm not doing it." Pulls over and the guy's immediately gone to my dad's side and he's gone, "You're not wearing seatbelt." My dad has got a white t-shirt on, and the fucking seatbelt's been on the whole time. And my dad's gone, "Are you fucking blind? Like you can clearly see." And he's going, "No." You haven't. You didn't have your seatbelt on. You just put it on. My dad said, "I haven't just put it on." The fucking driver that was driving us didn't have his on. I think. So we're now in a bit of a weird situation where this guy is clearly looking for cash. He's seen my dad sat in the front and thought, "Fuck this! I can I can make some money." So my dad's now losing his shit, and I'm like, "Dad, just keep your cool. Like, let Sonny deal with this. Like, you know what I mean? It's Jesus." Anyway. Um, it's all going really well, and then my dad's wife at the time, because they're split up now, decided to then go, can you hurry up please, because we're going to the airport. Well now, we have to go to the police station, because we broke the law or whatever, it's getting a bit serious now, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, Sonny's got out of the car, and he sorted it out, and he's gave this guy what I, I think was about um, 3,000 pesos, now, to put that into perspective, that's about 30 quid. That that Sonny, we were probably paying him about one and a half to 1,700 pesos. So about 17 quid for argument's sake to take us from the distance of like Manchester to London in a cab. So you imagine how much that costs. And he's just given up like almost double that. And... My dad was like fuming, he's going, Sonny, you don't have to do it. But I'm glad he did, because it ended that situation. But the worst bit about it was, the guy's fucked off. We've gone down the road a little bit to park up, because my dad's like, look, we're going to get money out and repay you. And I said to my dad, I'll go harsh with you on that, fine, it's not a problem. You know, I just wanted it done, and I didn't want Sonny being out of pocket. Anyway, I'm not even joking, we sat there, and my dad's gone inside the shops to the ATM, and the traffic wardens walked past with his kid and his wife and they walked straight into this place called Jollibee. It's like the Filipino version of McDonald's, sort of KFC sort of type place. And they've walked in there. And my dad's walked past him to come back so he's not recognised him. And I thought, fuck me. I'm glad he didn't see him because my dad probably ripped his head off. Um, yeah, we got away um, with that one. But there's a lot of little things like that. With the Philippines, that's something that sort of happens that's just one of those things so that's the philippines i won't go on too much about that um because i've done 40 odd minutes of that and you're probably bored by now but the one i did want to talk about um is one that's really really important to me and it's penang in malaysia and it's somewhere i've always wanted to go for a very very good reason um my dad grew up there he and that was because my granddad was in the raf um and during what was called the Malaysian Emergency, they were stationed in RF uh, Butterworth, which is on the mainland of Malaysia, just over from Penang. So it's just a bridge that connects the two. Um, and all the British British uh, service personnel lived on Penang. So um, I was always sort of, I don't know, I felt drawn to the place for that reason. And... I'd had options to go in the past, but never amounted to anything because I was either with somebody that didn't want to go or 
didn't have money or whatever at the time. So um, me and uh, me and my wife, we we were talking about holidays, and I said, "Fuck it, let's do a tour of tour of Asia." You know, let's do. So we call called it the Air Asia, the shit out of it tour. Uh, no joke. Oh, if you go back on my Instagram, you'll see it. Uh, Pirate Saunders, and um, yeah. So we we're um, we're sort of planning all of that, and it was Penang was just the option. So that was our go-to. And I've always wanted to go to Kuala Lumpur as well to see the Patronus Towers, um, Batu Caves, and things like that. So we sort of built a bit of a tour in. So we flew to Hong Kong, um, spent a night in Hong Kong, saw a few bits. Um, then we went to Kuala Lumpur the next morning and we stayed in Kuala Lumpur, uh, Batu Caves, um, the, the Patronus Towers, like I said, I wanted to see. And then that next morning, flew to Penang where we stayed there for uh, 10 days or something like that. Um, and that was amazing. And we went to see my dad's house. We actually... Um, I, I knew exactly where he lived. I managed to find it. So I made sure we went there. So we got this driver for the day. And bless him, he took us everywhere. He probably didn't have a fucking clue why. But um, yeah, it took, took me and uh, Haley to my dad's old house. And I got a picture outside it, which was well cool. Spooky as fuck, because my dad was like a little boy when he was there. Um, and my granddad's, um, my granddad's dead, bless him. Uh, so it was quite quite emotional. I had a, I raised a toast for him in the uh, little night market restaurant, his foodie place in Batu, um, in yeah Batu Ferengi. Um, and we went to RF or what was RF Butterworth as well. It's RMAS Butterworth now. Um, and had my picture taken in front of it, and got told that I can't have a picture taken in front of it. Please don't take a picture already had I already well Haley had already taken it um I had a good chat with the fella I was shitting myself because he had a gun um he sort of asked why and I explained and I said look um it's to do with my granddaddy he was based here in the RAF and he he used to be stationed here so I sort of made a bit of a pilgrimage to come and see it and it's really funny because he thought it was me so clearly this fella didn't have no clue on like the Malaysian emergency and how important it was for him as a Malaysian. Um, but he was like, oh, you know, if you'd given us notice, we could have given you a little tour of the of the base and all this. I was like, oh, shit, that would have been fucking epic going on the base as well. I was like, not only have I seen my dad's house and been outside the gates where my granddad would have gone through, I've fucking been on it. That would have been the dog's danglies, that would have... Um, but yeah, no, it was was an amazing, amazing holiday that one. In fact, I put that down as prob- probably one of the best holidays I've ever had, um, especially better than the one where I got dengue fever. <laughs> uh, no dengue fever on this trip, which was lucky. Only a sinus infection. I'm doing well here, and I don't go to the far east. You'll get a sinus infection or dengue fever. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. Penang, I highly recommend to anybody. You've done some great things, and little did Haley and I know that that would have been the last holiday that we would have had together, um, as just me and her, because my children come to live with us from my previous marriage. Um, again, I'm going to do a podcast on that one, I think. Um, yeah, so what 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 a trip to have, what a holiday to have to bow out on with just as a couple, and you know, I certainly didn't take it for granted at the time, and I certainly wouldn't ever again but it was just it was pure paradise the hotel was unbelievable got the the best tan i think i've ever had um hayley got eaten by mosquitoes like you wouldn't believe poor girl never got bit once (laughs) so um i used her as a human shield quite clearly but it was just so lovely to be back in the far east and just seeing all of those things that you know, were really important to me about my family, and even better sharing it with Haley and my my kids really want to go out there. So um, I think probably in the not too distant future, when COVID decides to fuck off and do one, then we'll probably do that. But um, what a place! The food there is incredible, and the people were lovely. And um, the moment I mentioned 
my granddad, they were um, even more sort of warm to me and Haley because if it weren't for people like my granddad, they would have been overrun by the guerrilla warfare guys, or, you know, the the oppressors, they would have been taken over. So it's a big job. Um, but yeah, it, definitely a place I'd, I'd like to go back to for sure. Um, like to do Thailand, like to do Singapore. There's so much of the Far East that I haven't touched and haven't done that I'd like to do. Um, and that that will obviously be done in the future. But yeah, oh, the thought of it, the thought of the thought of going somewhere other than Tesco's right now is just unbelievable. And we we did we went to Nice last year. We were one of those people that decided to risk it for a biscuit. And we didn't risk anything because it was completely and utterly safe. Um, went to Nice and Monaco and that was absolutely outstanding. Not quite Kuala Lumpur and Penang and Hong Kong, is it? But still good nonetheless. But um, yeah, as I say, the Philippines. What a place. Just completely different to anything everyone ever says. It does frustrate me when you mention you've been to the Philippines. People think Philippines is part of Thailand or something. They, In fact, a lot of people don't know where the Philippines is. It frustrates the absolute living life out of me that people assume, one, I went there for sex, two, I went there because that's what my dad was doing, and three, it's it's just the stereotypical thing of oh, the old um, chicks with dicks and shit like that. It's a lot more than that. There's loads of chicks. No, there's not really. There's. It's just, why would you just associate that with one place? And I think if all the Filipinos that I know... If I said to them that was what people thought of them, they'd be really disappointed. Because there's so much in that country to do. And Baguio, a fucking massive mountain. You're up the top of it and it's it's like freezing. And you're in you're in like the Far East, for fuck's sake. It's 30 odd degrees. You can go, you can see the temperature going down as you climb up this mountain. It's fucking amazing. They've got strawberries growing up there, for fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? Ugh. No, I've been very, very lucky with the places I've been in the world, and I'm probably going to do some more like destination-y type things just to um, show off. <laughs> I'm not showing off. I just feel very lucky. I feel very privileged to have had the travel that I've had in my life. I've travelled an awful lot, and that's more thanks to my dad being a member of BA staff and his staff travel and his his desire to travel, and which is passed on to me and once you get the travel bug it's very very hard to uh to not want to travel you know it's especially in this this climate we're in now um i'm i'd love to go to america or something like that have an easy holiday with the kids abby dabby or something like that but it's just not safe it's just let alone not being allowed to um it's just just not a good idea but uh, for my job security it'd be quite nice if we could be flying and we are but it's only cargo or repatriation of british citizens abroad coming home or wherever the the airplane's going that's carrying passengers to go back to theirs but we'll get there we are getting there um vaccines on like something like four million that's nuts um so yeah fingers crossed um bit of a different podcast i'm aware of that um I'm trying to do like subjects and I didn't want to do too many subjects in one. It's a good job I didn't because it's uh, over 56 minutes or something now. Um, But yeah, I just think it's... I don't know many people that have been to the Philippines so I thought it would be nice to just share a little bit of what I've done and that's what this is about, isn't it? It's my podcast so talk about what I want and hopefully you found it interesting. If you didn't, sorry. And I mean that. Didn't sound like I did, but I do. Um, but I just want to talk about me. I just want to talk about things that interest me. Things that you might be interested. It might even inspire you to book and travel to Malaysia or um, or the Philippines. You know, it's one of those things. But yeah, that was that really. I can't think of anything else to say on it. But I'm going to uh, sign off before I send you all to sleep even more. But Thank you ever so much for listening. Join me again for the next one. And uh, I don't know what that's going to be about yet. But no doubt it will be something topical. And um, 
yeah thanks for listening be lucky <laughs>